Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Well, I'm stoked that you are here joining with us at Bethel this morning. Um, lucky you, you get the youth pastor preaching. Lucky you. <laughs> you're just saying that. You're just doing that. Uh, we're going to have some fun this morning. Um, I welcome you, whether you're here for the first time or you're here um, for the millionth time. Um, God wants to speak to you this morning. I don't know how many times I could reiterate that, that this sermon this morning, this word that I feel like the Holy Spirit has put on my heart to share is for you no matter where you're at in your journey. So I ask you at this moment in time, if you would uh, open up yourself to what God has to say to you. Don't close them off right away. I think he has something amazing to say to you. And uh, if you've been with us uh, for the last few weeks, basically this whole summer, we've been in a series called The Gifts of the Spirit. Can we say that together? The Gifts of the Spirit. That's our summer series. And before we get into this week's gift, kind of what we're learning about and talking about, I'd like to take a moment just to recap the previous Gifts of the Spirit. So we got a, there's a whole crazy load of slides there, Sid, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try and help you out with it. I hope I put them in order. Um, but the first one we uh, talked about our very first week was wisdom, which I think should be the next slide. So these are just bullet points, bite-sized information of a whole lot of stuff we talked about. I just want to remind you some things that we talked about. So we are reading from 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says, God has gifts from the Spirit to give to you. And this is the first one we looked at, wisdom. The gift of the spirit, the uh, gift of the spirit, which is wisdom, is when God guides you to make the right choices in moments where you cannot figure it out by yourself. God will give you supernatural wisdom when you're in a situation and you say, "Okay, I either got to go left or I got to go right. I either have to say yes or I either have to say no." He will give you wisdom on what choice to make, and it will have nothing to do with the knowledge that you know. That's called the gift of wisdom. It's a pretty crazy, awesome gift. The next one we talked about was knowledge. And these two kind of go hand in hand, but they actually are different. Knowledge is the gift where God gives you supernatural knowledge, just not something you can read or learn about. The gift of knowledge has nothing to do with how much you study. The gift of knowledge has nothing to do with how much you know about something or a circumstance or a situation. The gift of knowledge is when God gives you supernatural knowledge to know what to do in a situation or know what to say or know something about. So there's been moments in my life where I'm going to talk to somebody or pray for a student or something like that, and I just feel like God has given me knowledge for that person. And I'm like, I don't know where this comes from. I've never met you before. I don't even know your name. But I feel like God has a word for you. And it's not just prophetic. And it's not just a word of encouragement, but it's actually knowledge. And they say, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me the answer to this for so long. And you're like, I don't know how that lines up, but I guess God just used me in a gift of knowledge. So that's supernatural gift of knowledge. The next one we looked at was faith. And this one I think is a little bit overlooked, but I think it's just as important as every other one, just like Paul makes it clear. The gift of faith is when God gives you more than the ability just to be optimistic, but faith beyond yourself to know that he is good and he is for us when all the odds are stacked against you. The gift of faith 
We have faith in Jesus, but there's a supernatural gift of faith. When you are opposed, when you are in opposition, when things are stacked against you and not in your favor, but somehow you still have a smile on your face. Somehow you still know that God is good. That has nothing to do with your ability to be optimistic. And I would consider myself a guy that's always trying to look on the bright side. I don't like having conversations about things that make me frustrated or angry. In fact, those are like the worst conversations of the whole world. I try and avoid them. I try to be this optimistic guy that's always looking on the bright side. But the gift of faith is not a gift of just being optimistic. It's actually to know in your heart for sure that God is still good even in situations that are not so good. All right, so the next one we looked at is healing, the gift of healing. This is when God gives you the ability to see people in pain and in suffering be healed instantly or over a period of time. Healing could be miraculously in a moment or it could be over a long period of time. This includes the help of medicine and doctors. I think that God actually uses people that don't believe in him to still get his work done because he created humans. It's, it's in our nature to do good things sometimes, but sometimes we don't accredit them to God. But what I think Paul is trying to teach us with the gift of healing is that God can still heal you through people that don't want anything to do with him, which is pretty freaking awesome. All right, next one. Miracles. God gives you a divine intervention that cannot be explained by reason other than himself. It's a moment in time that changes something that normally would never and could never happen, but it does. A miracle is something that happens and it just cannot be explained. And it's, it's a good thing. Little miracles are still big wins. If there's anything you can remember from that, the little miracles in your life that you might not count as miracles are big wins to your story. They're big wins to your story. So when you feel like, God, I need a miracle in my life today, remind yourself of the little miracles that he's done up to that date because those are big wins for your faith. Big ones for your faith. The next one we looked at was prophecy. So Pastor Ashley preached uh, just such a strong, amazing, anointed message last week that talked about prophecy. So prophecy is a spirit, a gift of the spirit where God inspires you to utter a life-giving word of encouragement in a specific moment or for the future. So the gift of prophecy is never to tear anybody down. It's actually to encourage somebody or to reveal the heart of God to that person that they might not understand, that they might not know. It could be for that single moment. I remember where God's put a word on my heart and the Holy Spirit inspired me to go and share something with a, a specific student. This is a few months ago. And I was like, I don't know how this relates to you at all. But I really feel like God is inspiring me to say this to you. So I'm just being a human vessel. I hope my flesh and my humanity doesn't get in the way. And they just sat there and ended up in tears because they're like, that makes so much sense. It's just confirming. People have said that before and I needed to hear it one more time. It always comes from an angle that's encouraging. It's never discouraging. It's, from, it's encouraging because the Holy Spirit convicts us. He doesn't condemn us. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit convicts us, doesn't condemn us. Which brings us to this, this week's topic, which is the gifts of the Spirit. Um, for the gift of spirit, which is discerning of spirits. So can we say that together? Discerning of spirits. I'm already sweating, so I'm going to take my coat off. <laughs> All right, it's getting real now. The coat's off. <laughs> All right, so what does discernment mean? So let's put uh, the idea of spirits just on the shelf for a second, and we need to look at what discernment, mean, or discernment means. So the dictionary definition of discernment is the ability to judge well. Real simple. Hard, misunderstood, confusing word. But the, uh, the definition is really simple. 
Discernment means the ability to judge well. I didn't make the second part up. This was just in the dictionary. It said, in Christian context, I copy-pasted this, by the way. These aren't my words. Perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual direction and understanding. Wow, what does that mean? (laughs) I'm going to put it in a little bit easier of a sentence um, and phrase. Discernment in a Christian context, specifically with discernment of spirits, means this. God reveals to you what is true through the lens of what he sees in the supernatural. And we're going to unpack what that kind of phrase and statement means. So I would encourage you this morning, if, you're, if you haven't, take some notes on your phone. Um, uh, take a picture of the screen or something so you can remember this when somebody says, uh, when you are in a moment and you have to discern a spirit. And you're like, what are we talking about this morning? This is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to unpack that. Discerning spirits means uh, the, that when God reveals to you what is true through the lens of what he sees in the supernatural. So let's take a moment to uh, pray before we get into the scripture today. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the gift and the ability to discern what is real in this life and what is fake, what is true and what is false. So God, I pray that as we look to your word, we look to your scripture this morning, that you would reveal to us um, how we use this gift, how we prepare to use this gift, God, what it looks like in our everyday life and what uh, the Bible can teach us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So before we dive into a scripture, um, every time I open the Bible, you might know this, and if you do, that's awesome, um, but if you don't practice this, this is going to make your life, it's going to like be a light bulb that clicks on when you open the Bible, okay? Every time you dive into scripture, you need to do some background research about what you're reading. I do believe that if you just open the Bible and you start reading, that God can still speak to you that way. But the Bible was not composed and put together, these letters, these books, for you to just open up randomly to a part and then just start reading it and expect that everything is going to be like, oh, I understand now. There's actually a bit of a process and things that you can do on your part to help you understand more. So the first thing is that you need to do a little background research and history on what you're reading. How do you do that, Pastor Carlo? Here's the easiest way. You go down to the Gospel Lighthouse downtown, and you go buy a $10, $20 Bible from Catherine um, that has a study Bible built into it. So what that means is on every page, usually the top half is the scripture text, and the bottom half are study notes on every single verse in the whole Bible. At the beginning of every book and every letter in the Bible, there will be um, information about who wrote the book, like the author, who it was written to, the time period that it was probably written, the purpose and the uh, reason and the occasion that this book or letter was written, and actually what it means today when we read it. And I'm sure everybody in the room could say, I've read the Bible before, and I don't understand it, and I don't know how that applies to my life. Get yourself a study Bible, okay, and this will help. It's not going to answer every question you have, but this can help make you understand a little bit more about God's love for us. Catherine, you're going to have big sales this week, just saying. (laughs) All right, so I've done all the hard work for you, so I want to share some context on a scripture that we're reading. So as I'm doing this, we'll have it on the screen, but if you have your Bible, flip to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. So this is uh, in the second half in the New Testament um, after the gospel. So take a few minutes to turn to that. And I want to give you some context and some background information about what this is all about. So there's this dude named Paul. And Paul used to be named Saul. And Saul was a guy who was appointed to go around and murder Christians, to put them to death. You did not want to get face-to-face with Paul or even anywhere near him if you were a believer in Jesus at this time. 
Sometimes we feel like we're being persecuted in Canada because of our faith, and I think that is a joke. Because when I read about Paul or Saul, I go, no, 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 no. Nobody has ever dared to chop my head off because I believed in Jesus. But that is still a real thing today in some countries. But that's who Paul was. That's who Paul was. He meets with Jesus. So he's been killing people who, who believe and have met with Jesus. And then he has this divine intervention, and, and Jesus meets him. And gives him a new identity. And that's where he gets his name Paul from. He just changed one letter, but it changed his whole life. So Paul is the author of this book, 1 Corinthians. And this book, Corinthians, is actually a letter that's written to the believers that resided in this city called Corinth. Okay, So if we were to imagine what that would look like today, imagine if um, Pastor Chad... Um, uh, went, went away and started a new church. He's not what he's doing right now. Don't worry. He's just on vacation. And he wrote a letter back to us. And we it would be like the Stratfordians or something like that. That sounds super lame. But that's kind of the idea of what it was. Paul is writing a letter to the believers in this city called Corinth. Uh, not Corinth. <laughs> yeah, it's Corinth. I messed up. <laughs> the topic of spirituality and gifts comes up a lot in Paul's letters, specifically in this letter as well. So the, the church of Corinth, um, the Corinthians, they believed in spiritual gifts. They believed in healing. They believed in the miraculous. They spoke in tongues till they were blue in the face. They were doing these things on a regular basis. But I think they actually lost sight of what the common purpose for the gifts of the Spirit were. So Paul decides to write them a letter and he includes this today. Or he includes this in his letter, and it still speaks to us today. He reminds them of truth. He clears up any misunderstandings that they have may fallen into. So there's some context. You know who wrote it. You know the reason why. And you know how it's going to relate to us today because we're going to get into that. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. We've read in a different uh, translation it said dumb idols before. However, you were led. Each is given manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We'll keep going. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We'll keep going. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but, in this, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And I think we have one more slide. For there is one, uh, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the gift of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits or discern between spirits. All of these are, all of these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Wow, a lot of text, a lot of complicated words. Each week, we have been reading this scripture. This is where we're understanding and going through the gifts of the Spirit. But I'd like to pause just for a moment and dive a little bit deeper into this text before we specifically talk about discerning spirits. Because I think it's so easy, even if we've been reading the Bible for a long time and we know, you know what we're reading, we could recite it and all that kind of stuff. 
the language that Paul used specifically is implying something more than what we're just reading with our eyes. So the language that he decides to use to um, the initial people, the church uh, in Corinth, their readers, this would have been like a light bulb moment for them. And I want this to be a light bulb moment for you too. So uh, where am I here? This is what you get for using a computer, but I think I'm going blind, so I have it zoomed in. <laughs> so to start, before Paul even begins to talk about the spiritual gifts, he explains that um, he does not want anyone to be misinformed, implying up until that point that the gifts of the Spirit that were happening in the church of Corinth may have been used improperly or out of context. So this is his letter to bring order and revelation back to the church about such things. So then he goes on to explain that the only way the only way a person can acknowledge that Jesus is Lord is when the Holy Spirit awakens their soul to do so. So we're going to do it again. And every week we've been saying together, Jesus is Lord. So we're going to say it one more time together. Ready? Three, two, one. Jesus is Lord. Give it with a little more like oomph, like you mean it. Okay? Ready? Jesus is Lord. There you go. There you go. So what Paul is not referring to here, if you've been confused about this, and I don't think that many of you are, but I want to clear this up because I think it's important. Paul is not referring that a person cannot say Jesus is Lord. If you go up to any of your friends and co-workers who do not believe in Jesus and say, I bet you can't say Jesus is Lord for 50 bucks, they are sure going to say Jesus is Lord. They can mock and say with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Everybody in the room just said it. Paul is not referring that a person cannot say with their mouth Jesus is Lord. The difference is what Paul is saying is that you cannot confess with your heart fully that Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit awakens your soul to do so. You cannot confess. You can say anything you want, but you cannot confess Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit awakening your soul to do, though, to do so. And for us believers in the room today, we know that to be true. Because it wasn't like we went and found Jesus. It's Jesus found us. Jesus found us. So that's what Paul is talking about there. And then he goes on to explain multiple times that there are a variety, that, that word came up a bunch, a variety of gifts, but they are all from God. And when we see that an author or God or whoever is saying something in a book of the Bible repeat themselves over and over and over again, that is our clue to clue in that that's probably really significant and important. Not that the other stuff isn't, but if they wrote in their letter over and over again the same thing, that's our clue to say, okay, this must be something really important. This must be really important. Which means that Paul is trying to convey the message that if you have this gift, if you have this gift, and you guys have this gift, they're all awesome and they're all from God, but don't compare yourself with one another because comparison is the thief of joy. You are misrepresenting, you're misusing it. And that's where the church of Corinth was. They were speaking in tongues, they were doing all this stuff. They were, they were being used by the Spirit of God and they, they had the gifts. It was awesome. God was still using them to do great things, but pride and arrogance got in the way. So Paul says, I need to write a letter to you to let you know what the gifts of the Spirit really mean. To take that a step further, if we were to go on and read the rest of chapter 12. So after he talks about the gifts of the Spirit for everybody and names them all off. In Corinthians, we could conclude that each gift is special, but they're not better than one another. This is on the screen, but I'm going to quickly read through it real fast. So the second half of chapter 12 says this. And this is not a coincidence. You've probably heard a sermon on this before if you're a churchgoer. But this is right after Paul says, don't compare the gifts. 
He talks about this. One body with many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, make, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any, it, it, any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Are we having a health class here? No. <laughs> Paul is talking about that God has made you specific. He created you with a purpose. He created you just the way he meant to. And that you do not have to get into this trap of comparison because you do not look like, act like, or have the same occupation or family members or uh, status or anything that the person is sitting beside you. What Paul is trying to say is that God has something specific for you. And all of it matters and all of it can look different. But yours is just as important. Your life is just as important. Your gift is just as important as the next person. If I, I don't know if he could be any more clear on that. He repeated himself like a billion times. So next when we read and study and try to interpret scripture, we need to begin at a proper starting point. So a, probably a not good starting point is just to open the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to start. Because when you get an email, do you open up your email and start in the middle and wonder who it's from and wonder what it's about and then just read God bless, thank you at the end? No, no, no. You read it from top to bottom. So when they got this letter from Paul, they would have started from the top and read the entire thing. Now, unfortunately, we don't have time to read the entire thing this morning, but my um, hope for you this, this week is that you would go home and you would just read this entire book. It'll take you maybe like maybe an hour, two hours or something like that. Just read, read all of this letter. It is a letter to that church and to us today, the church. So a good place to start, if we are talking about spiritual gifts, we need to um, understand that this would point to the evidence that what we see what we do, and by our natural world alone, we can't understand these things. If we're talking about spiritual things, we can't just try and understand them with what we see, what we smell, what we hear, what we touch in our physical weird world. If we're speaking of spiritual things, we're speaking of supernatural things, things that are out of our world, a.k.a. things that are not natural to us. This would mean if we're even to begin to understand spiritual and supernatural things, we can't conclude that what we see is all there is. So, which brings me to my first point from the Transformers. It's more than meets the eye. <laughs> Where are my Transformers fans in the house? Just a few of us. That's okay. That's okay. There's more than meets the eye. All throughout the Bible, when we read the realness of the spiritual realm, even though we can't see it and we can't touch it and we can't smell it, the Bible speaks about spirits that are in our everyday life that we can't see, smell, or touch. But they actually play a big part in how we feel and how we react to certain situations. So if we go to Ephesians, again, which would have been a different letter that Paul wrote to a city, to a church, he says this in chapter 6, verse 12. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Paul is making it abundantly clear to us that our battle is not here on earth. It's not just about battling your emotion. It's not just about trying to be an optimistic person when you feel down. It actually has to do with more than that. There's more than meets the eye. So real quick, you got one minute to do this because I am trying to get through all this information and I'm running out of time. So my question for you this morning is, have you ever had a time where you felt a certain way or you acted or reacted in a certain way and you couldn't understand the reason why because it was so out of your character, okay? We're going to take one minute and one minute's going to go by real fast. So I want you to think of a story and chat with the person, your neighbor you're sitting beside and tell them a story where you felt a certain way or acted in a certain way but you just couldn't figure out why. Three, two, one, go. Not everybody at once. So if we're to be honest, when we're talking about spirits and spirituality and supernatural, um, my guess is that most of us will probably cling to something we've seen um, on TV shows or read stories about or watched a movie where like a demon was like, a person was like demon possessed. Um, because like that is what media and culture has made us focus to when the word spirit or spiritual come up. We think of those kinds of things immediately like supernatural. We'll do questions like after. You can come and talk to me. That's all good. Um, I just want to try and get through this because there's so much information about this specific gift. And although I do believe that um, being possessed by a demon and all that stuff can be true, I don't necessarily think that that's the specific thing that Paul is talking about when he says you have been given the gift of discernment. We can look through the Bible, though, and see that when people were demon-possessed and Jesus cast a demon out of a person, how he did that, how he discerned that. We can learn about that. Um, but if we can establish that the idea that there's more to this world than meets the eye, that there's a spiritual, a spiritual world that we can't see, but it actually has impact in our everyday life, we can search the scripture and begin to ask the question, which everybody is wondering, what are you talking about, Carlo? What are spirits? What, are, what is discerning spirits? 1 John chapter 4 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world, but this you know, the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So what does that mean? When we read that, we can learn from John in this scripture, that the origin of a spirit, what we're talking about, comes from one of two places. One, it's a spirit that's from God that makes you act or react or feel a certain way. Or it's not from God and it does the same thing, but it's unhealthy. It's usually a bad feeling. So what are some clues we can reference this uh, scripture when uh, a spirit, whether from God or not, is impacting your life? Last summer, we did a series on the fruit of the spirit, and this summer we're doing the gifts of the spirit, and they are separate things, but I do think that they have a lot in common. Keep in step with the spirit. This is Galatians 5, 16 to 26. But I say, walk by the spirit. I don't think I have the text for this up on the screen, so I'll just read through it. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you will not be under uh, the law. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, enviness, drunkenness, uh, orgies, and all the things alike. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Those moments of fear, anxiety, frustration, hate, jealousy, the things that Paul referenced at first, can be and usually are related somewhat to a spirit that is not from God, that sometimes unknowingly we give into. To make myself very clear, what I'm saying about this this morning, what I'm not saying, sorry, is that moments in our life where you feel anxious, where you feel depressed, where you feel frustrated or fearful, is a result of you just giving in to something. That it's like your own fault. It's not your own fault that you feel the way you feel. But instead, there was a point in time where the enemy somehow got your attention and you didn't even realize it. And we begin to believe lies about ourselves from the way an evil spirit would work through a person. And a lot of the times, they won't even realize that. Have you ever had those moments in your life where everything ticks you off? Like everything, like you're having a bad day and you're like, I cannot put this nail into this piece of wood. I give up. I am a contractor, but I can't do it. Have you ever had those moments where everything takes you off? Maybe you've had an argument with your spouse. This isn't personal. <laughs> it's a little personal. <laughs> where you have an argument with your spouse, spouse, and then you see somebody crossing the road, and they're going way too slow for your liking, and then you start freaking out in your car, and you're slamming your hands on the steering wheel, and you're like, ah, why am I like this? I'm so angry. I don't think that is just a result of because you're having a bad day. I believe that there's actually a spiritual world, that there's a supernatural realm that actually has influence in our world and we can't see it. And sometimes I give in to things that uh, ask me to be hateful or to be jealous or to envy people or to be prideful. But maybe on the other side, you've had moments in your life where you were so full of joy, you were jumping for joy, you were so full of peace in a situation that seemed so hopeless. And everyone around you said, how can you be so happy when this is happening? And you go, I, I don't know. I don't know. These are everyday examples of a battle that's going on in a spiritual realm that we cannot see. Ephesians said, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against what's happening in the spiritual realm. There's my first point. I only got two points this morning. Don't worry. We're almost done. First one, there's more than meets the eye. The second one, there's more than a feeling. As we've been journeying through the gifts of the Spirit each week, you may have been asking yourself and God, what gift has he given you? That's a really good question, and you should keep asking him. But I believe that he's given you more than just one gift. And I believe that the gift of discerning spirits is larger than just a random thought or a feeling in your gut in an uneasy situation where you're wondering, you're questioning about something. I don't, I don't know about that. That's a good place to start. But the gift of discerning spirits is more than just a feeling. It actually has to do more with the Holy Spirit enabling you to know that there is more to the story than just an emotion. 
whether that be personal to yourself or maybe in someone else's life. So I have this uh, story that I heard a friend say, but it's of a close friend of mine. And uh, this person is uh, uh, one of the leaders and stuff at uh, Overflow, which is a youth conference we go to every year in May. Woo-woo, Overflow, it's awesome. And they're up in the prayer room before the service, and they have to get to the green room where it's where they go through kind of the order of service one last time before it starts. But between there is about 4,000 teenagers. <laughs> so there's a, there's, it's not a long walk, but uh, to get through that without anybody bugging you or asking you for attention could be hard. So they finish praying, and they go walk, and a kid comes up to this guy, and he says, Hey, pastor, did you know that they're playing terrible songs? They're playing songs that are not Christian songs up on the speakers. And he goes, oh, like, well, like, he's probably, like, he, he thought, oh, did something get on the playlist that maybe had vulgar language or something that we, we are not supporting? And he goes, yeah, they were playing this song from this rapper from Toronto named Drake. And he's like, oh, oh, maybe it did have some vulgar language and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, what was the song called? He's like, it was called God's Plan. Isn't that terrible? They were, they were playing God's plan over, over the speakers. And pastor was looking at him, and he's like, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard this song, but what was it called again? He's like, they were playing God's plan. He's like, God's plan? Yeah, God's plan. You're telling me that we were playing a song called God's plan on the speakers. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that terrible? How dare that happen? This is a Christian conference. God's plan, he says, Yes, God's plan, G-O-D-S-P-L-A-N, God's plan. And he looks at the kid and says, you have a religious spirit. (laughs) Nobody laughed. I thought it was hilarious when I heard that story. He looks at this kid and says, you have a religious spirit. Your heart is in the wrong place. We are playing a song that's not from a Christian, but it's called God's plan. And it talks about humanity loving one another. Now, I don't advocate for every song from Drake, and I'm not even a big fan of Drake. I know Sandy loves Drake. But... (laughs) He loves that song at least. We sing it all the time at youth. His heart is so in the wrong place he doesn't even realize it. He had a spirit of religion. That's a prime, easy example to understand how spirit influences us. Whether it's the spirit of God or another spirit. How do you know when someone has a certain kind of spirit, whether it's good or bad? How do you know when something isn't just a mere option um, or one instant in a person's day? Over a period of time, whether short like that in a conversation or a long time, you will be able to discern by the Spirit of God that a spirit has influenced a person to the point where it's actually part of their character. God's plan. How dare we? How dare we? He said, it's God's plan. We're singing something good. He didn't even realize it. This kid from Overflow was trying, he was trying to understand and explain that his heart was in the wrong place. There was no awareness from this boy. He had no idea where his heart was. This list of the gifts that Paul is asking us to eagerly seek go hand in hand with one another. For example, many of the scriptures that we read today from John 1 or from Ephesians um, speak about discerning those who will try to convince you that they're speaking on behalf of God. But when using discernment and evidence that we can find in the Bible and from its prophets, the Holy Spirit will enable you to know what's true and what's false. Yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't probably be playing like vulgar music on, uh, over the speakers on the sound system, but I don't think this is actually as big of a deal as what you think it is. We're, we're singing about God's plan. I have another quick story. My first 
my first year at Bible college, we do this trip to downtown Toronto uh, called an Urban Awareness Trip. And this is where they take us downtown and they show us on one side of the road is like million dollar mansion houses with all crazy rich, big business men and women and stuff like that. And on the other side is uh, a house that's a, a drug, a crack house. There's prostitutes on the street. And you would literally never, ever notice that. Unless you go into the little streets, but on one side, it's this big, fabulous thing, and it's the other side, it's the street, the alley that you never want to find yourself on. It was an urban awareness trip to see what Toronto was really like. I love Toronto, by the way. We end up in Dundas Square, which is like a super, super, probably the busiest corner in Toronto. Uh, cars coming from every angle. When the, when the light goes on to walk, you can just walk diagonal across the street. It's actually a lot of fun. On one of the corners is this dude preaching up on a pedestal. He's got like a box that he's stepping on, and he's got a microphone, and behind him is this big, uh, like, a banner, and it says, die to self, live for Jesus, and underneath are all of these things that are X'd out, like Hannah Montana, and Lady Gaga, and the Blue Jays, and all of this stuff, and uh, there was a basketball player on there, and he was preaching, you need to die to yourself, and you need to live for Jesus, and I'm like, True. Amen. That's good. And then he said, if you listen to Lady Gaga, you're going to hell. And I said, wait a minute. I don't like Lady Gaga, but, I mean, her songs are somewhat catchy. And I don't think that Jesus said, if I listen to that, that I'm going to hell. This is a moment where I felt the Holy Spirit urge me to converse with this man. And let everyone in the, around that was listening, there's probably 30 people listening to this guy, and I had a good feeling none of them were buying into what he was saying. But because of that, they were missing the, missing the truth of the gospel. And I had to discern what was true and what was false from what this man was saying because he took it upon himself to speak on behalf of God. It's an amazing thing, and sometimes it can be a dangerous thing. It's true. We need to die to self, and we need to live for Jesus. We need to make him number one. But you can go and see a Blue Jays game. You can listen to Lady Gaga. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. The gift of discerning spirits in this moment was when God enabled me to preach the truth of the gospel without a microphone or a pedestal, having normal conversation to that man and others that were around. I think that his intentions immediately were good. But I think the process of what caused him to be that way and that kind of thing was not a spirit of God. In John, it said that there's going to be false prophets. And I don't want to just label people this or that or false prophets or not, but I feel like he was trying to speak on behalf of God, but it wasn't true. So what does all of this stuff we talked about mean today? You're like, man, this has been a long sermon. I'm ready to go eat some lunch. Me too. I didn't even eat breakfast. <laughs> this is a lot of information. This is a subject that we, we don't really talk about. This is a, a, a theme of spiritual and supernatural that we usually shy away from or kind of laugh at because the media has given us the idea of what it really is. First, we need to be still and listen to the voice of God. If we want to discern whether a spirit is from God or not, why somebody is feeling a certain way more than just their circumstance because they're having a bad day at work, if there's something that else comes into play, if there's more than meets the eye, the first thing we need to do is listen to the voice of God. And when he prompts you to do something, be obedient. I believe if he's given you a word of knowledge or wisdom or a prophetic word for someone, be brave. He's your strength. Share with this person using appropriate, uplifting language with both grace 
and both truth. Jesus, when he spoke into somebody's life, either prophetically or a word of wisdom or knowledge, he did it in encouragement. He never condemned anybody. He convicted anybody. He convicted people. And by the way, our job is not to convict anybody. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn. It convicts. He convicts. But we don't convict or condemn. We are just asked to love by Jesus. If you've been inspired by the Holy Spirit to share a word with somebody, share a word with somebody. Ask them simply, does that sit right with you? Does that resonate with your soul? Does that make sense? And if they say, yeah, it does, give, give the glory to God. Awesome. God is good. That's so awesome. I had no idea. I was just trying to be obedient. Sweet. If it doesn't work out, say, if they say, ah, you know what, Pastor Carlo, like, I appreciate you and like, uh, I get it, but I don't think that word's for me. Be obedient to Jesus and love that person and say, okay, I'm owning that. I got it wrong. I'm just going to continue to be obedient. Maybe hold on to that. See if it's for another, another time in this life. Maybe it's for another season. If you're on the other side and you're trying to discern what somebody's saying to you, somebody's speaking on behalf of God to you, whether that be in a group setting or on a street corner or personally towards you, Ask God to give you discernment, the gift of discernment to know what is true in that conversation and what is false. So what I believe in our house this morning is that when somebody speaks life into you, I believe that their intention is not to hurt you, not to bring you down, but it's to encourage you and to lift you up and know that you are loved by Jesus and that the purpose and plan that he has over your life is exceedingly greater than anything you can ever think of. But sometimes our humanity and our flesh gets in the way of our words, of what the Holy Spirit's inspired us to say. That was a whole lot of stuff I said all at once. Here's what I mean. When the Holy Spirit inspires somebody to give a prophetic word and you are discerning that word, God will give you the ability to know what is from the Spirit of God and what is from a spirit that has caused them to get their flesh in the way. Does that make sense? Okay, good, good. I feel like I'm teaching, not preaching this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> Conclusion. We're at the end. Woo, everybody applaud. Gifts of the Spirit are for... <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Gifts of the Spirit are for everybody and should not be compared. I think there's a slide for this one. It might be at the end. This might be a good one to take a picture of. Don't compare the gifts. Comparison is the thief of joy. We cannot answer spiritual questions using natural answers. There is more than meets the eye. There is a supernatural realm we cannot see. Spirits that can influence us are either from God or from the enemy. Search the Bible to know if they are from God when discerning. The gift of discerning spirits is more than just a gut feeling. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to discern what is right and what is wrong. Discernment of spirits. God reveals to you what is true through the lens of what he sees in the supernatural. That's what this gift is. He's going to give you the ability to discern what is true through his lens, what he sees. Because we cannot see the supernatural, but he does. He will be able to give you the discernment of what's really going on. And that's it. That's all I got. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love that you have for us. That it's greater and beyond anything else that we could ever feel, imagine, or think of. We accept you again this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, let you know that on Thursday at 6.30 p.m., we have a small group talking more about these things that can be very confusing, all right? So what I want to invite you to do is to meet us here at 6.30 p.m. 
Don't come alone. Pastor Ashley is going to be talking a little bit more about uh, this whole thing. Gifts of the Spirit, discerning the Spirit, maybe a little bit of other stuff. This is a great opportunity for you to come out to ask the questions that you have. Thursday, 6.30 p.m. We will see you later this week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well.